Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this new, brave, remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. On you. Find us on the athletic and wherever you subscribe to your podcast. I am Luke. Joining this evening by Andrew. Slam through. Taylor. Pour some sugar on me. Ooh, in the name of love. Pour some sugar on me. Come on, find me up. Pour some sugar on me. Jared Kushner. Slam through. <laughs> and Jay. <laughs> it's Jay. Oh, that's a top that's a top three moment, man. Wow. That was that was uh that was good. Really good. It's Thank inspired. You. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, when I figured out I could put Jared Kushner in the song, I thought I have to do it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, makes yeah, makes sense. Uh, you guys, <laughs> totally. Everybody doing doing okay out there? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> yep. Okay. So let's uh, oh. let's let's divert that into uh, something positive. <laughs> uh, we are partnering with Lively Beer Works. I'm excited to watch that or listen to that tomorrow. I know. Uh, we are partnering with Lively Beer Works uh, to do something good. So I just, I, I feel like we need to use some of our energy and boredom and whatever else we have built up and push it towards something good. So go to gun, GoFundMe.com, search Down to Dunk and Lively Beer Works, and you will find our GoFundMe. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take money and we're going to buy gift cards from local restaurants. And then we are going to give those gift cards to people in the restaurant industry that are currently not working. And so we're going to put food on the table for these people and also help these local restaurants generate some revenue during this time. So if you want to contribute to that, it would be extremely helpful for you to do that. And I think that uh, it's something that we can do to help our community. So one of the restaurants that we'll be buying gift cards from is The Mule. You go to The Mule in Edmond. You can go to The Mule in the Plaza District. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. You can still go this week and get any salad entree for 8 bucks, which is extremely cheap. And you can also upgrade from like French fries or onion rings to a salad if you'd like. So eat fresh at The Mule this week 
and uh, make sure you go support them. All right. <laughs> you guys want to chime in? <laughs> guys on yeah, the show go ahead. Me? Support the people. Yeah. Come on now. Let's no, do it. I just thing. found it. We're already at $400. I just found it. Go For find real? me. Super, yeah. super easy. Just search lively and down to dunk together and you'll find it. It's awesome. Great way to help people in the midst of this thing. I know that restaurants and small businesses are being hit. Uh, I mean, probably as bad or worse as anybody. And so keep supporting them however you can. Take out. Go to the Mule. Delicious food for your belly. It's very excited. Good. Yeah, and also I, I do kind of want to encourage everyone to – I know that all the big chains are open right now and they need – to survive but they have a much larger safety net than a lot of the local restaurants do Mm -hmm. so i know that it might be easier to go ahead and order from say your neighborhood chilies they don't need you (laughs) they really don't need you these other local restaurants do need you though yeah what about applebee's no there no i knew that was gonna come (laughs) they need you no, applebee's we millennials already already uh destroyed applebee's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay well good deal uh you guys read the book the uh we'll, I did. Go, we'll go into uh the down to dunk book club we are chapters three and four this week uh any let's start with chapter three any impressions from chapter three i hope you guys are reading along if you're not reading along we're reading the book boomtown by sam anderson and uh it's it's a great book so chapter three and it's- and it's still not too late to start. You think, no. oh, you know, I'm so they're so deep in. These chapters are not long. No, these especially were not long. Well, let's, uh, Jay. What were you offended by this week? This is <laughs> that is that what the name of it is? Uh, Jay's offended section. <laughs> what are you mad about, Jay? <laughs> I, I'm not like I, the middleness is the third chapter's middleness, and I thought that was pretty accurate. I'm trying to think going through it if there's anything that I. Uh, I have one for you, Jay, that you're going to get mad at. Oh, yeah. Come on. Bring it. Here's one cool parts. The prairie dog thing where they built this elaborate prairie dog world kind of makes me love my state a little bit more. Yeah. How about this? It is less America's belly button than the disturbing mole a few inches away. Yeah. It depends on the moment or the day, but sometimes I feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys learn in school that this was the bottom of the ocean? I did know that. Did you learn that in school, though? I knew that. No, no, I don't think so. Did my question? Did they teach us anything in school? If no. they taught me that, I forgot. <laughs> I had Oklahoma history in high school and college. Yeah, and I don't remember much of the high school one, but in college, I do remember some. Yeah. So that's my tidbit for the day. Um, in, um, in Oklahoma history in high school, we I only remember watching Dances with Wolves, and it took the entire year because that movie's <laughs> like four four hours long. It took a whole week, not the whole year. Oh man, that's all I remember. Yeah, I remember a lot of videos in Oklahoma history. Mm-hmm. It was a video heavy class, like Voyage of the Mimi. Boy, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I, I don't that? know. I don't know. It most definitely was not Oklahoma history. I hope there is at least one person that listens to our podcast <laughs> that got my reference because it's killing me inside. I loved it. Sixth grade, Boyd's Mimi, Ben Affleck was in it. 
It was incredible, but it has nothing what to do with Oklahoma you, history. What are you saying? Can you voice of the Mimi? Yeah, that's it. Voyage of the Mimi. What man. is Voyage of the Mimi? What's I don't the even Mimi? barely remember. We just watched it for like a month in social studies as a sixth grader. That's it's all. It's pronounced I meme. Yeah, <laughs> E M M E M E. No, I didn't think that. I didn't think that the the middleness chapter had a ton of stuff. No. Um, that was really profoundly eye-opening. Um, I thought there was a cool part when he was talking about the Bricktown Canal, and he was talking about directions past Toby Keith's I Heart I This heart. Bar and Grill, <laughs> yeah. and they actually printed a heart. Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you guys ever been there? To Toby no. Keith's? Actually, I have. I have. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Tobes? Yeah. Really? yeah. I've been to... Yeah. Is it not good? that one, I don't think. No, it's 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 like it's, exactly what you think it would be. It's the Chili's of country music specialized restaurants. Yes, it is actually the local Applebee's is what Toby's <laughs> I heart this bar. But not as good. God, you guys are it's such haters. I, I like Applebee's. Dude, man. Toby Keith's a jerk, man. I've heard a lot of stories. Toby Keith is a big jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, you can't keep trying to get us some beefs with different like Chili's. Applebee's, Toby Keith. Can't do that. I'd rather spend money at Applebee's than Toby Keith's. From what I know about Tobe. Wow. Yep. That's uh that's intense. Okay, anything else from this chapter? <laughs> no, I think it it's it, it is talking about like kind of the setup. He's just going from very early on in the history and one of the things he's talked about the Spanish conquistador who came and said there's nothing there but villages and kind of led him to talk about the spirit, the Spiro mounds, which is, you know, one of the most, the earliest historic sites in Oklahoma. Um, these natives built these pretty elaborate places to live. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, like, there's not anything that really stood out from that chapter too much. Let me uh, ask you guys a question. So, mm-hmm. Do you kind of get jealous of states that have uh, culture? Like I'm saying, like, you know how people from the East are like, yeah, I'm from New York. And it like means something to be from New York. Even Texas. It's like, I'm from Texas. And you're like, you kind of know what that means. Like, I understand. But Oklahoma, like that middleness, it's hard to feel. It feels like it's little bits of everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard to put your finger on what it is to be Oklahoma. That is, that is right, because what he was talking about, it's like, this is not, it is not part of the East, it's not the North, it's not really part of the South, it's not part of, you know, the West, like, it doesn't fit into any, you know, we don't fit into any of those, like, you yeah. know, categories, really. And I thought that was right, because I've always thought, like, where are you from? In Oklahoma, like, what is, like, what is that? What is that? Uh, there's, I don't have any idea, mm-hmm. you know, how to describe what that is. Yeah. And like what part of and it's just where there's a little bit of everything in there you know yeah well and i think that our our history is still so very recent you know compared to everybody yeah. else as well so, so like we're kind of a part of like establishing like what oklahoma is you know and i think it's it's funny when you talk like when um when gang of youths came through we max came and hung out with us their bass player and we were he just was like how did how did this get here? Like, how did this happen? Like, how did Oklahoma happen? And we, I told him about the land run, and his mind was just blown by that. 
you know, and so like there are things that like we think are like, okay, yeah, we know about the land run. We know about that stuff. But like when you really think about it, or if you like shared it with somebody that never heard it before, like they did what? That's what? That's how they got people here? I mean, there's some well, like weird <clears throat> stuff, you know, in establishing yeah. Oklahoma. There's there's some wild stuff. And in the fifth chapter, we'll get into it quite a bit more. And as the story develops, because it's it really is became Indian territory. Native Americans sided with the South during the Civil War for the most part. And so they just got, I mean, as punitive against them, became no man's land. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all of a sudden people are like, <clears throat> we're going to make cities there. And yeah. so the Ewing story is really cool. I've never heard that story before, which is why I'm like, did I, I did do Oklahoma history in two different ways, but apparently didn't know about the first ever Oklahoma city. Uh, Jay, please don't skip ahead. Sorry, I was reading this before we decided to do it as a book club, and then I stopped. Yeah, we got plenty of time, man. We got nothing but time. Going back to that culture (laughs) conversation, I think that, Andrew, I think you are spot on in a lot of it. And it's one of the things I always feel when I go to other places. Um, Charleston, South Carolina was one of them that was probably the most, like, starkly contrasting because you show up and it's like, it is the most cultured place I've ever been. So there's history, like three, 400 year history. <clears throat> they have an incredible, like, well, this is just Charleston. Like it's the feel, it's the vibe, it's the food. It's all of those things. It's just uniquely Charleston. And you come here and it's kind of like, we are still in some sense figuring out. I feel like for the first time in the last 15 years, we've developed, started to develop a little bit of a culture, but it is. I think, Luke, you said this, is it's this hodgepodge of all of these other cultures that we just kind of grab bits and pieces of. But I think the, the permeating thing that people always talk about in Oklahoma is just this general culture of friendliness, right? Um, even thinking about it, if you expand it to the Oklahoma standard is kind of one of those things that comes up, specifically in the face of tragedy. Um and, but it is one of those things that, <clears throat> in a lot of ways, encapsulates the culture of at least the city itself. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, but you're right. Like, there isn't any, like, one definable thing. I think that if we did it better, we probably should be more oriented towards the Native American roots of our city and state. Like, I think there's part of it there, but it's, like, not enough because that's that's the only that's the authentic thing about us, right? Like Oklahoma, you, like every part of it is is that Native American aspect of it. It's just not a big enough part of of our identity as a city or a state, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's totally true. <laughs> and and there's also what's hard about that particular subject is that there's like a lot of shame associated with it. Yeah, you know, in the way that it was handled. And so it's not like, oh, this is great. Like there's this like kumbaya between the Native Americans and the people that are coming into Oklahoma. But like it was like, I mean, it's just, it's weird because it was like, okay, all this land is for free. It's for you. And it's like, it's for like, <laughs> people I've lived here. You can't, and they're just like taking it. I mean, it's, there's just a lot of weirdness there with it. You know, yeah, and, and in true proper, like healthy fashion is instead of dealing with it, we just take it and ignore it. Yeah, we just forget. We just forget about it. <laughs> I mean, it, so. that's it's it's very it's very strange. Like the history of Oklahoma is very hey, strange. Yeah. Well, we're still doing it today, you know, with our governor going back on an agreement he made with the Indians and taking him to court right, literally right now about it. So. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, 
culture, yes, uh, baby. That's our culture, culture, baby. We still, we still do it. Yeah, we still do it. <laughs> That's the do- only thing we connect to is like racist. <laughs> We're doing it. Thievery. We're doing it. Okay. Uh, next chapter is. Uh, Wait, I wanted to say this. Okay. Something that we don't have that Charleston had is when I when Jay was talking about Charleston, I thought in my head, Charleston, Charleston. And like I don't think there's an Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Would you have a Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Oh, we do have, we do have a musical. A, a yeah, we have a musical. But we don't have like a person. Yeah. In my head it's like, yeah, I'm from Charleston. Charles. I don't think we I don't think we have like we're so middle. I don't think we have. Yeah, accent. what would you say? Is there an accent for for an Oklahoman? Not like Oklahoma City and Tulsa, I don't think, but like I think you it's know, the most standard American accent. Yeah. I think we have a little bit of a of a kind of country draw, a little bit. Well, it depends on Maybe where I'll speak for myself. Yeah, a, a it little depends, bit. I think on where you're from kind of and how much time in the country you spent. Yeah, because still, if somebody that has that distinct country draw came into Oklahoma City and started talking about it, it would be like, hey, who are you? Where did you come from? Why are you talking like that? You know, I just think you it's funny is there'll be people that are listening to us and going like, "Uh, yeah, you have a very distinct blank you know, dialect. Maybe we should ask They're all like, y'all yeah. sound like, you all sound like rednecks to Like us. a bunch yeah. of country oh, bumpkins. Y'all sound <laughs> They're like. like, oh, those southern fried takes aren't just your voices? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, okay. So the, the yeah. next chapter, the beginning starts with our favorite controversial part of this team. The logo, the color scheme. I want to ask you a question. Do you remember... When you initially saw it all revealed, were you annoyed immediately? Yeah, I thought it was awful. I mean, I like think immediately. The very first thing that I saw was the first logo that leaked was on a basketball and it was black and it was like black on a basketball, the logo stamped on a ball. And Yeah, it was those summer league jerseys, man. The summer league jerseys just said Oklahoma City. But right? they were black and white. Yeah, but this was I saw like on like a basketball, the the actual Thunder logo, and I thought to myself, that is not it. That can't be it. That can't be what my basketball team is gonna have, right? And then I remember they unveiled it, and they had like PJ Carlissimo there, and I'm trying to remember who else was on stage. Like Damian Wilkins was on stage, <laughs> Jeff Green, I think. And they unveiled the logo, and they had the ACDC's Thunderstruck playing. <laughs> and you see it, and you're just like, no. No. Like, that's not... I mean, it was it was the antithesis of everything that I wanted in a NBA logo for my city. It was like, that's, that's the Doritos logo with a, you know clip art basketball like he said in the in the book you know that was not that's not what i wanted yeah there's a part he says um the uniforms were blue and orange not the classic valiant deep blue and orange of the new york mets or knicks but lighter shades somehow reminiscent of a coupon for an off-brand smoothie chain right like (laughs) yep that's it that's it that is it plus all the other different colors in there the yellow and <laughs> whatever else it just looked very and like now it's just kind of whatever 
you know, it just dude. Our court used to look like a Jimboree store. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. Like just blocks of blue, of like baby blue and yellow. yellow. Yeah. So you all obviously pay more attention to this than I do. I mean, I guess it's changed. The court. Yeah. Yeah, it's changed many times. And I just had no idea. Apparently. Yeah. Dude, well, go, go back and watch. Out. Go back and like watch one of the first games. Just YouTube it and go look, okay. and you, you'll be like, "Oh shoot, that's <laughs> that isn't bad." And they and I don't know why it had to be so bad to start with. And it feels like they've done a better job as things have gone along, and like the jerseys have gotten better. And um, but still, I mean, that logo is is still one of the worst logos in the NBA. And it's so bad. There's like literally nothing timeless about it. I mean, he even says, like, he refers to a a post on a design blog, and it says, um, is that a clip art basketball? Yeah. I mean, that's what it, was it looks one of like. The yeah. I remember it, it was, it's just kind of like, oh, it's kind of, it was just kind of embarrassing when it was unveiled. So embarrassing. Because there are cool things you could do with Thunder, because the... The logo itself doesn't represent like thunder or lightning or storms in any way whatsoever. It has a basketball inside like a shield with a a blue and an orange stripe behind it. And that's what and it OKC is. And OKC is like And OKC is like slanted like moving moving toward the ball or something. I don't know what I'm not really what sure. What is happening? I don't know, but it's it's super bad and then it just says thunder on top. I mean it it doesn't represent thunder. I mean you can get you can get weird about it and say like, oh, but this represents the community and the blah, blah, blah. But it's just, that's just a bunch of BS. It's just a really bad generic logo that was created. And now you just see it. You kind of just look past it almost. Like you just recognize it as just a symbol, but you don't really take the time to look at it. And like right now I'm taking the time to look at it and just reliving how bad I thought it was <laughs> back when it was unveiled. Dude, there's five colors. Uh, white, navy, orange, light blue, yellow. White, navy, orange, light blue, yellow. Yeah, five five colors. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I it's, wonder if I was just terrible. so shocked by the, like, so excited for just having an NBA team that I just didn't even think about how bad that all was. Did you not think at the time? That it was, or were you just? I like, don't remember ever really having. The only time I've ever had a strong opinion on jerseys is when you all have strong opinions, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, they suck, because <laughs> it just makes me feel like I'm not missing out. Uh, and then I've hated some of like the those, those dark blue ones, like those dark blue alternate ones, are terrible. And, uh, but I've never had a strong. I don't have a strong opinion on it, just probably because that's just not the way I look at stuff, you know, like. I'm not a think, design guy, I guess. Maybe think of hats though. Like if a guy's wearing a snapback hat and it's like a nope, Nets hat. Lost me. Dude, like are you wearing a are you wearing a the Oklahoma City Thunder logo on a hat? Yeah. The patch? Like the Yeah. Well yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Andrew, Luke? Yeah, I have. I have before. Yes. But you don't like to. You think about it. But I have I, but a at the Thunder hat, but I don't wear it. Yeah, but I mean it'd be so when Luke it was wears first. Where's a hat that says "commence to suck down"? <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't judge Luke on what his hats are. But at the time of the unveiling, it didn't really represent anything yet. You know, it was just it just was what it was. 
You know, that's it's just the Thunder logo. There's no meaning behind it yet. But as like the years go on, it, it started to like mean something. Like it began to mean like a successful basketball franchise. And so like that symbol, that's what it meant. You know what I mean? And so there began to be like some pride in in just like the symbol of it, not in like the actual design yeah. of it. Because at the time when it was first unveiled, you could I feel like I could critically look at the design and be like, that's awful. That is truly awful. But then you begin to associate it with like the success of the franchise and what they've done, you know, over the first decade of being here. And then you start to have some like pride in it. Like that's my team. That's from my city. And it begins to just take on a life of its own in that way. Um, but I remember at the time just absolutely hating it. The, that, that chapter continues. And it, it kind of reminds me of when I was talking about that way about the Jersey in the same sense, like, that season was so abysmal and they lost all of the time, but we didn't care because we had a team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, and the way he talked about it, like from the outside looking in about it being such an embarrassment and this was, you know, it's what Oklahoma city deserved almost. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of like, Oh, I mean, I just don't remember looking at it like that at all. You know, you had these. No, and I don't know how prevalent all of that conversation about Seattle and stuff. I know there were some people, but it felt like those are just the loudest, annoying voices. Like Bill Simmons. Yeah. I remember Neil Everett saying stuff about it. Then obviously the people in Seattle, like I feel like, talked about it a lot, but it didn't feel like it dominated the national headlines as much as this kind of makes it feel like it did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were almost. I, is, I, that just, is that my own stupidity? Well, I don't or know. Oklahoma naivety? Yeah. And we just weren't plugged into the NBA yet. True, you know, I mean, the, the coverage of the league itself was just so much less back then, you know, than it is now. Even even when the the Thunder went to the NBA Finals, there was no podcast being done about the team then, you know, none. I mean, the coverage, you know, podcasts and blogs and media outlets was just so much less. You know, you had. Well, you had the Oklahoman. Yeah, that the was o- it. it was the Oklahoman was big time back then. And Daily Thunder showed up, yeah, and I mean that's what literally Royce is where he is in a large part. Number one is because he's incredibly gifted and talented, but right beyond that is the fact that he was the. I remember vividly, like the only thing I watched and paid attention to Thunder wise was Daily Thunder. I didn't even listen. I didn't even read the Oklahoman. Right. And it oh, was, I know. It started as a fan page. Like he just literally created it as a fan page as mm-hmm. part of the True Hoop network, right? Or did that become well, later. Well, he just yeah, he started he started it and then Henry Abbott contacted him and was like, "Hey, you have a Thunder blog. It's good. Let's you put it on the You have the True- Thunder blog. Yeah, let's put it on <laughs> Yeah, you have the only Thunder blog. <laughs> let's put it on the True Hoop network. And yeah, I mean That's so true, man. That's crazy. I mean, it well, it's just it's just it, wild to think about. Well, with that, it's like he was doing, you know, with his blog, what we then did, you know, five years later, starting the podcast, where it was like slowly just taking step by step up and, you know, next step and next step. He was just, but when he did it, it was him. And, uh, you know, he he probably wasn't thinking this is going to be my job. And, uh, And he is very, very, very good at it. So, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have gone where True. it did without 
obviously Royce's talent and ability, but yeah, it really was. It was it literally I went there every single day. Every yeah. day. Yeah. After every game I'd read the recaps. Yep. And there's really and the I don't know, Mayberry's nuggets too were the other yes. ones. Yes. Yeah, Mayberry's. I remember too. I remember working at Tree and Leaf and the dark room where we cleaned out screens was also the bathroom. So I'd take dump breaks. And I'd just be in the Daily Thunder comment section <laughs> and yeah. just reading all the comments. Like, mm-hmm. remember when there were rumors about Elton Brand? Becoming our like, GM? No, like <laughs> trading for Elton Brand. And uh, yeah. like people wanted that. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember reading comments, people debating if Elton Brand is actually good. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember, I mean, that's where people went was Daily Thunder. Yeah. It's, well, it's it, also, it is crazy to think about how far the NBA coverage has gone in 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it even like different. Twitter world, was man. so much different than two. Twitter yeah. wasn't even close to what it is today. And that's, and I feel like even game recaps aren't what they used to be. I mean, that used to be something that I felt like I would read consistently as I would go look for a game recap. But there's just so much on Twitter that I just don't even... I don't remember the last time I read a game recap. And some of that is that I'm paying very close attention to every single game and I don't need to. But even back then I would go and read the game recaps after I watched the game. And yep. I just don't, I don't feel like it's necessary anymore. No, because you get game recaps constantly during from 20 different sources in the immediate moment. Right. You I'll read some of Eric Horns now on the athletic. He'll do them occasionally where he'll do a recap of a game and hit up yeah. some highlights and show some videos and stuff like that. I'll do that. But Back in the day, you're right. It was religious, man. I would literally every game. I'd wait until the Nuggets came out. That's part yeah, of I remember like... in the Nuggets when you cared about what other people said about players on your team. Like <laughs> right. I would always click those links to see, like, oh, what did you know, blah blah, LeBron James say about Kevin Durant after we played that? Yep. You know what Bryant. I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. And that was always like one of the tells that made it feel like we were small, is because people be like. Kobe, you're a real basketball player. Tell us what you think about all of these yeah. basketball players that we do have. Do we have you know? good basketball players? Yeah, it was, it really, sometimes it feel like that in the media questions. Yeah. Like, well, tell us. Why don't you spend your time, your media availability, <laughs> telling us about the team that we have here? Do you like my guys? Do you like it really my guys? was. <laughs> it was so much of the conversation. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. funny. And, I mean, obviously a lot has changed with the Thunder franchise and everything since it since that first year but the co- the coverage stuff he didn't really talk a whole lot about that but i think it's such a a huge piece and it's just funny like the athletic doesn't do game recaps for the most part unless it's a very very important game um which i think is a smart move and i think that a, lo- a lot of stuff that we that people do like in sports media and just in life in general is like okay this is what we've always done and so we're just gonna do it and i think it's it's good to look outside the box a little bit from that um to look at the other side of it but uh yeah that first season i mean a lot of it was it, it was just interesting and i and i think it will be interesting to compare it to what the thunder will go through in the in the near future with their team and tanking and what that looks like and because it will be very different because it was just like we're happy to be here we're happy to have an nba franchise you know it's cool that we get to go downtown and this is our team now well, it's been our team for over a decade. And if this team only wins like 25 games in the next, you know, couple of years, you know, what does that look like? Because back then, I don't think people really cared. It was still an event to go to. And, you know, you just, you also wonder that maybe all of this COVID stuff, like, what if the Thunder Tank next season, you know? 
and yeah. everybody has missed sports so much that maybe you you won't even skip a beat because people are just so desperate to go back to it. You know, it doesn't become stale at all. Like it feels fresh, it feels great again, even if you're losing. You know what I mean? That it may I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking ahead on that. I yeah, just think and that there's I a think lot to play out with that. Could it could it re could it reignite that desire just to go and support? I think the other thing is remembering like even listening to Perk's interview from uh, yesterday is when he showed up, and I'm not sure who it was that told him this, but maybe it was Scott Brooks that was told told him like, "Man, we run this thing like a university." Like, yeah, Scott. Brooks. I remember. I think, I think the thing that was so different about that team is they were all 19, 20, and they. I think this is the, all of the heartbreak is number one is we'd never experienced before. And then number two, these guys like it kind of like they were our, our family, like our little brothers or for some people it felt like they were their kids and they grew up together. And so it was like, I think that's why it felt so different then. And it's been harder for people to jump on board for this team because this team doesn't have the same personal connection that those did because we all grew up together. Mm-hmm. Like we really did for the first 10 years of their life in the NBA and our life as NBA fans, like it was just such a unique bond and experience that made all of those times so special. I thought yeah. so. Mm-hmm. It was, it was also so interesting because like they were so young internet stuff, like Twitter was in its infancy. So like, I remember my brother would be like, yeah, I follow all of the thunder players on Twitter. Not that many people do. And they'll just tweet like, I'm going to go play laser tag or I'm going to yep. this mall. And he would go yeah. and see them all the time. He was like, wherever they say they're going, I go. And so he's played laser tag with like James Harden like two or three times. Yeah. And like would just go and see like Kevin Durant at the mall, like Russ at the movies. Like and 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 it's that stuff is not like because like now there's not just, you know, Twitter, there's a ton of these different things and mm-hmm. that they're more like curated and more like brands that that doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. That's so true. I remember, like, remember when uh, Spida Mitchell went to a barbecue, went to a cookout at this family's house, and it was, like, such a big deal on Twitter. Like, wow, he actually, Donovan Mitchell actually went to someone's house for a barbecue. And then I forgot until this conversation that that was basically the whole first, like, three years of the Thunder was just <laughs> everyone hanging out with them and them doing all this stuff with people all the time in public. Yeah, there was that time that KD came t- to OSU and played in an intramural football game yeah, with yeah. the Sigma Nu the Sigma Nu fraternity. The flag football. And like yeah. and that was and that was so cool and like I don't think we'll ever have stuff like that again. I don't no. I don't I disagree a little bit because I do see some of those same qualities in Darius Baisley. Like he's a really young guy that is here and he realizes I'm extremely lonely. <laughs> I'm by myself in a new state. I don't know anybody. I mean, you, we've seen it. I mean, he reached out to, I don't even know how he got connected, but he ended up getting connected with a family of somebody that Luke and I went to high school with and, that is true. and went over to their house for Thanksgiving and ended up saying like, I want a family game night with you guys. So they, there's still some of that there. And some of that is, Having these like very young, It'll very take the naive tank to get us back there. Yeah, very young, very naive, very like I don't know, like homegrown type of guys. You know, like Russell was never that, 
And so a lot of it is personality. Like Kevin was that, James was that, Jeff Green was that, and when they were really young, but you know, Russell was never that. So really just like no. I mean it depends on the personality of the guys. Like Darius is very much that. SGA Shea. Not, not I don't know that Shay's so much that way. But like Bayes is yeah. certainly, you know, that that kind of personality, which is pretty interesting. Uh Anything else from the chapter that stuck out? I mean, I thought it, it's just interesting. No, this one was like two pages long. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was page, very this chapter was like six paragraphs. Well, it was just very, it's just interesting going and thinking about that first season, you know. And also, like, that paired with talking to Kendrick Perkins yesterday and thinking about, like, those first moments of the Thunder. Um, it's just interesting going to look to look back at it because – we didn't even, I mean, even in the moment, I'm not sure that we really even realized what we had, you know, like as that team. Like, I just don't know. No, that we knew. Speaking of crazy memories, that perk trade brought up a ton for me because there was a moment where I was <clears throat> probably my first ever Twitter trade deadline moment was that Kendrick Perkins trade. Um, I was driving. I was working and driving out to pick up some furniture from somebody who's donating to the church I was working at. And I was driving out there and my phone went off and I looked at my phone and it was like the thunder of traded Kendrick Perkins for Jeff Green and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And it like shut me down. Like the whole day I was like, this was it. This is it. This is the piece the thunder needed. Uh-huh. Holy crap. I know. This is it. You know, yeah. and it was for Nanad and Jeff Green and who knows what else. And, Dude, I, it was the first time I ever remember on Twitter seeing a trade come through and yep. being shocked. So what was that, 10, 11? Yeah, 2011. Yeah, okay. trade deadline, 2011. Yeah, and I, I thought it was really interesting. We I guess we let's move to We can talk about like the Perk interview. I thought there was a lot in there that I thought was really interesting stuff I hadn't heard. Like when he was traded to Oklahoma City, like I had heard the story about him being really sad about it, and like he and Rondo cried, and KG and him cried about it, and Paul Pierce, everybody, whatever, they all cried about it. And then when he got here, I hadn't, I didn't know that he and Russ didn't hit it off, and that it took him years for him to figure <laughs> to figure out Russell Westbrook, which was just such an such an interesting tidbit because I had never I had never heard that. You know, I'd never heard what that was like. Um, and I just thought, I always thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. He also mentioned that he didn't hit it off with Surge at the start, too. Right. And I was like, what was going on then? And he kind of mentioned why. He said, you know, they weren't used to me coming in and being really aggressive. He admitted he was, he came in super aggressive. Yeah. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. But, uh, and trying yeah, to set the I tone thought, and then realizing he was 26. Yeah. 26. <laughs> he felt so old when he, he was looked like he was, he was 40 when he came here. Well, he had, he'd won a title. You know, he had been in front of our faces like for se- you know several playoff runs. You know, and he's been time. in the NBA for like eight years at that point, too. True. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He'd been yeah. in the league for a long time. Yeah. I thought I thought that was, was super interesting to hear about. And I still I was laughing about this today. And I asked him to pick his like three on three team. The three players he picked were I just I knew he was gonna pick KG. Like I just knew that before I asked him. And I didn't really know who else he'd pick. Like LeBron, okay, like I get that. But like that third spot, 
I'm like, he could go so many directions with it. Like he can go Kevin Durant, he can go Ray Allen, he can go Paul Pierce, he can Rondo, he can pick all these guys, but he chose he chose Russell. You know, like Russell was one of the first guys that he chose. He could have chose James Harden. I don't know. It's just really to me, it's just a very, very interesting choice. Yeah, but it's it's surely not surprising that out of anybody, he appreciates Russell's demeanor, right? Like Yeah. Because that's what he talked about when he talked. I wish somebody in my life said that guy doesn't bleed Kool-Aid. I, <laughs> I wish that I was that like cool. I know. Because you asked him, you asked if you haven't listened to it, I don't know how you've gotten this far. You need to stop, turn this one off and go back to listen to that one. But he's talking about the, when uh, Russ got fouled by Chris Paul against the Clippers and uh, how he was like, what did you think? And he said, I just thought Russ was going to make it. That dude is clutch. He doesn't. What do he say? He doesn't. Ha, he doesn't have Kool Aid in his veins. Yeah, he doesn't he have. He, hadn't, he didn't have Kool Aid. His heart doesn't pump Kool Aid. I think is what he said. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's just cool. It was just so funny. Perk was in like like behind the scenes. Like Perk was great. He was so awesome. He had so I called him on his phone, and so I got his ended up getting his cell phone number and called him on his cell phone, and he insisted that I call him on Skype, and so I did. And for the most part, when you interview somebody on Skype, there's usually no video involved. You know, it's just a phone call basically, and pretty much everybody has their video turned off. I've done countless Skype interviews. And I have n- never had anyone intentionally have their video on. I one time had somebody unintentionally have their video on and didn't know they had it on for the whole time. <laughs> but everybody else intentionally has their video off. But Perk, when it popped up on Skype, it was just Perk in my face. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, man, this is so cool. And he's just smiling. Um, and then afterwards... Uh, my kids came in. He like talked to my kids for a little bit, and it was he was the best. And so, it, which is really, it's just cool whenever you know guys that you have followed for so long and you know you think highly of, you know, um, are actually great people. You know, which is just which is just great. And he was he was the man. Yes, uh, Luke. I love that. I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> like Deep breath like he's going to say something. He's just getting excited about that uh, Animal Crossing thing he just did. Right. That's right. That's right, baby. My island is doing so good for all you uh, Animal Crossing heads out there. Um, but it's also weird to think about when we're reading this and the timeline. Like, what, like, what were each of you guys doing? Like, what, in like you know, this is talking about 2010 2011 mm-hmm. like i uh, thinking about like it's crazy to think like i was in law school at that time mm-hmm. like so i was in norman oklahoma just freaking hating life um <laughs> but what, what were you guys doing around that same time you i mean so this was like 0809 right no i thought we were talking about perk are we talking perk trade are we talking about the perk trade now okay I was teaching. I was a teacher at Midwest City High School. Andrew, we were meeting for uh, Taco Bueno every Wednesday. We, we would meet at Bueno. Yep, right there by the school. Yeah, yeah, I remember the trade deadline, the perk trade deadline. I was in teaching class, but I had put my kids like to work, like a worksheet. Like everybody, we're doing a worksheet. Everybody, sit down. <laughs> everybody, yeah. be quiet. And 
I rem- there were a couple. There were actually a couple of kids in that class that loved the NBA too, and we talked the NBA all the time. And we talked. We were talking about the trade deadline. I remember the perk trade came through, and I like read it off to the class. Everybody and, and most people are just like, "What are you talking about?" But these other these two kids were like very excited with me about it, which was great. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna I, ask this question because I'm dumb. Were we podcasting at this point or no? No, no, no. We didn't start till after their finals run. Okay. Yeah, we started in 2012 fall. Yeah. Yes. Uh, on the perk trade, I was a freshman in college, and I lived with two of my friends. And this was a day that we were done with school early by like 2 p.m. or like 12 or 1 or something and i remember i found out about the perk trade because we were watching sports center because it was the trade deadline and it was like you know i think about that now and it's so weird that you used to learn about stuff from esp actual like ticker and breaking news and yeah yeah like at the deadline you know not twitter yeah i remember when i was looking for like coverage of it i mean i watched like nba tv that whole afternoon, like yeah, when I got home yeah. from work, I turned on NBA TV and I can't remember who was on, but, and that's where you were like looking for the validation of the trade, you know, as a Thunder yep. fan, you're like, what do they think about it? They have to think this is great. And then when they did, you're just like, yes, you know, like it just makes you, it's just sad how good that made you feel at the time. <laughs> Dude, it felt like a real thing. Cause it was like, Oh look, it's a real player from a championship team. Yeah. Who's coming to our team who's better than one of the players that we traded away. At least that's what we thought at the time. It was, it was like I back then, everything, which I think is true. Cause I, I mean, he took that team to another level for sure. Mentally like, and in leadership that, you know, that was not there because I mean, it was just funny the way he talked about the team. There was, there just wasn't a whole lot of leadership going on. They were just all just kind of playing together, working hard and whatnot, but they didn't have anybody to kind of galvanize them. And so you just wonder you know, what would have happened if they didn't trade for Perk and they just kind of kept plugging along? Like, does it come together as quickly as it did? I don't think so. I don't. I don't. So. Probably true. He instilled a lot of mentality in that team, too. Yeah, he did. Like, I loved, I loved listening to him talk about Steve and just, like, hearing him talk about it and then mm-hmm. seeing some of the things, like, clearing the path for Russ, like, you watch Steve do that all the time yep. with those, you know, where you're just clearing the lane. Basically, I'm like, oh, that's OK. Perk, Perk gave him that little trick, you know, mm-hmm. or helped him perfect it. And mm-hmm. just Perk did a lot for beyond just on the court, because I know like the glaring thing is the 2012 finals. Like you. That's you more Scott did. Brooks than it is Perk. That wasn't Perk's right. fault. Like Perk's limitations aren't his fault. You know, you have to. Yeah, they, true. You know, they needed to play surge at the center, but they did. But. You know, that was Scott Brooks's fault. <laughs> I'm not, you can't blame Perk for that. Perk, I mean, Perk gave all that he could while he was here. Um, and, you know, he shouldn't have played as much as he did in the finals. I mean, that's, which, I, you know, just kind of is what it is. But I, I love the story of whenever he, in, like, first met Stephen Adams. I just thought that was so cool. It's cool hearing his side of it since we've heard Steve's side of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, and that's kind of, it's almost what you would imagine it to be, you know, with like those, both of those characters. I mean, it's almost, yep. it's almost like Thunder fan fiction the way that he yeah. like, told it. Steve's in there throwing 100 pound dumbbells around. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Like two of the only players that the version of them that we think they are 
is actually is is real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are their fan. Yeah, like the fictional <laughs> yeah. version of themselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Oh man. Uh, all right. Anything else from that before we go on no, to man, some TQs? Awesome. Great job, Andrew. Thank you. Great job. It was fun. It was so cool. It was very surreal. It was very just very strange feeling, but it was it was great. He was awesome. I wonder how it'll feel when you get KD. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's go to some TQs from at Luke Austin Helms. We know Luke and Alex have been playing Animal Crossing to pass the time, but what have the rest of y'all been doing with your extra downtime, Jamon? Uh, primarily stressing. Um, <laughs> primarily stressing. Weeping a little bit. Uh, we've done two puzzles. Been playing a little Fortnite with my son. What, what the, size puzzles are we talking? We first one was a five hundred. Second one was a thousand. We got a thousand one right now. It's just taking a little bit of work to get off the ground. Andrew, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta pump. I'm just telling you, get a fi- get you know a five thousand. Go. For yeah. It. No, I'm good. Uh, my son and I have we just finished the Lord of the Rings trilogy tonight. So that's what we've been oh. doing. Oh wow! Oh hell yeah! That's cool. Wait, how'd you get all three? Because Netflix only has two of them. So, dude, here's what's crazy. So, we rented Fellowship of the Ring. Two Towers was on. Two Towers and Return of the King were on Netflix until Monday. So, we watched Two Towers on Sunday, and then I went in there to get it, and it was already off. So, I had to ride to rent and Return of the King, too. Uh, I've never seen, I never saw Return of the King. You didn't see the end of this story? No. Just stop, I, man. He I, doesn't like Harry Potter either. Because, he just yeah, would rather sit on a switch about... and play Animal Crossing. Yeah, I know. I never, I never did. So, um, I, and I, and I also have not seen Desolation of Schmaug. <laughs> <laughs> what, dude? I love the Desolation those of Schmaug. Schmaug. <laughs> I, I've heard, I've heard they're all, I've heard they're all wonderful, but you know, just uh, I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Well, I've been uh, able to still go into work, and then I guess I'm playing video games a little bit, like 2K. But also, there's a Call of Duty game that's free. That's like the for- it's like Fortnite, but Call of Duty version, basically. And um, and then Kate and I have been watching this show called All American, which is uh, a cool show. It's a CW show, uh, and it's about this. <laughs> It's basically modern day Friday Night Lights. Let's just be real. It's like 2019 Friday Night Lights. Oh, I love Friday Night Lights. Oh, you'll like this. All American, baby. Uh, I, can't lose. I also never watched Friday Night Lights. I oh, heard it's good so too. good, dude. It's so, so good. good. Oh, man. It's wonderful. Um, I've been working and I have three children. And so I'm just taking care of them. And hanging out with I just everybody. Want my mail. I just want my I just mail. Want my mail. I'm just waiting for I my just mail want every my day. Mail. I'm just waiting. <laughs> you want to know something funny though? Is like I'm. I got so pissed that the trash men were late today. <laughs> I came home at three and I was like, "Why is our trash not done yet? Why? Why have the trash men not come yet?" And it's just <laughs> funny, like how quickly our priorities are changing when we have half the responsibilities. I never. I, I never need this trash it. out of my house right now. Yeah, I was like, get this I trash. Was ex- I was expecting to take the trash can back to the side of my house, but I can't yet. Now I have to go inside and then come back outside. <laughs> I have to check <laughs> later. Come on! I got a lot of All American to watch here. 
I gotta watch a lot Jared of Kushner. I gotta watch Jared Kushner on the TV. <laughs> Are you are you watching a lot of Jared Kushner? I didn't know you had any of yeah, He's in all, he's in All Americans. There's no, no way. Jake Jay Kush was at the uh, press the conference uh, today, man. press conference. Moving today. on. Come on now. Hey, did he speak? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't watch it because my mental health it helps me to not pay. Like I cut the cord. I'm not good watching for you. Good. TV. I had good to watch, I had to stop watching news, man. I was following the subreddit, the coronavirus subreddit, and I had to finally like, this is bad for me. What it am I doing? Bad. So yeah, I just it is not, unfollowed yeah. it. Yeah, I listen so, to like a 15 minute podcast every morning about the news update, like, and that's it. That's all that. That's all that I need. Like, uh, I need to do that. <laughs> see, I, I I cut it. So, but it's always so jarring when when you hear Jared Kushner speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 not it is he does not sound like you'd expect or he sounds exactly like you'd expect depending on your feelings toward him um but it's always so weird when he's just like hey guys Richard Kushner and that's exactly how I think he'd, he'd sound I've never heard him speak I don't think but that's how I would assume that's what it's, it's a little bit like that like hey I'm, I'm a vodka's husband just jarring <laughs> did you say alcoholics husband no I'm Ivanka's husband oh okay yeah uh, at Thunder oh, yes. underscore bus yes, underscore yes, pod. <laughs> the Thunder have team options for Burton, Hamadou Diallo, and Abdul Nader for next year. You're Sam Presti. Who are you keeping and why? I think they're keeping Nader and Hami, and then Burton is going to go back to Korea. Who would you keep, though? That's what I just said. That's what you would do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually kind of grew to like Nader this year. Largely because of your interview with him, but also because he's been decent on the court. Yeah, he's been pretty good. He's been okay. He was. He got the interview bump. Like, Perk should try to come back to the NBA now. Because we... <laughs> Nader got that interview bump, and he was good after that. And Burton, God, he really could have used a, an Andrew Schlecht interview this year. Because he just had a rough one. I know. And it, things did not go well for him. No. On and off the court. He was actually... Think, on and off the internet. Fun fact... He was scheduled to come on down to dunk before all of the fallout stuff happened. Oh wow! And Nader came on instead, and Nader got the bump instead of instead of a uh, instead of our guy Deontay. I think that they're betting. I would bet high on Hamadou's just athletic potential, and he's still young. Nader's just a guy that you pay him a minimum and yeah. let him sit on your bench. He can shoot it. You yeah. always need shooting. Plays a little defense and yeah. sometimes tries real hard. Tries real hard. Tries real hard. Love that. Yeah, I think that's right. Love I, that. I think I think Deontay will go. I think that you can find somebody. They'll. I mean, they'll have a draft pick coming in, and you know they. I mean, they had. I mean, Dort was brought in off the draft scrap heap, so I mean they may try to find somebody else like that as well. So. And give somebody else a chance other than Deontay, who I did love very dearly for a short amount of time. Uh, let's see. This is from at Pepsi United. If the Thunder chose to use draft capital to trade for a young star instead of trying to draft them, which of this group would you choose based on SGA's fit, timeline, contract, health, and of course, talent? So here's the group of players. Who would you want to trade for? Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Karis LeVert, and Buddy Heald. So of those players, if I mean, if, 
Thunder have 15 picks, first-round picks, in the next seven years. If you could use half of those to go get one of those guys or two of those guys, are there any of those that stick out to you in particular that you would want to have? I I really like Devin Booker. Yeah. I think he's stuck in Phoenix. But I think that dude is like a real, real star. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the one that everybody's like, you're an idiot. But I'd go after Ben Simmons. Yeah. I'd just make him my f- basically like point four, mm-hmm. and then just start building a team that shoots everywhere. Get a center that can shoot. Get I mean you, I mean you just kill folk with Ben Simmons and Shea. Yeah, Simmons is really good. I mean you can he can anchor your defense. You just have to convince him that he's a forward, and not your point guard. And you'd have to convince him that OKC is going to be okay. See, to live in, <laughs> right? I know. Well, I, he's he's kind of shown himself to be that uh, diva. Uh, yeah. Well, he's and it's like, hard, man. Is I just am so down on the center position, man, that it makes it really it's hard for me. I like Devin Booker a ton. That that makes sense, obviously, too. I just am so intrigued by the possibility of what Ben Simmons could be if he had a team that was constructed well around him. Mm-hmm. Well, the same for Joel Embiid, though. I mean, the same, very same. Team. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but like I said, so I go back to the center position just being such an overrated position, you know. So I mean, I guess you have a trend, you know, transcendent talent like Joel Embiid at the position, but he just makes me more nervous, man. Truthfully, like, yeah, the injury I stuff. Know. I mean, that's that's yeah, why I say I that. And Ben Simmons is out with lower back problems, which right. is okay. yeah, <laughs> I know. He just doesn't have the body type of somebody that you're like, yeah, that guy's going to be out of the league in five years. Is there anybody that's had such a dramatic downturn in his league wide? opinion than Carl Anthony Towns? No. I mean, everybody remember the debate, you know, three years ago was, would you rather have Anthony Davis or Carl Towns? Everybody's like, it's yeah. Towns. Hands down. I want the future of Carl Towns, you know? And everybody's like, he yeah, just he's... can't play defense. He cannot play defense. It's yeah. got to be a mentality thing with him, right? I mean, that's what you hear a lot of is he, he has the talent. Like, that dude could have been the next KG of Minnesota. Like, mm-hmm. he does everything. Mm-hmm. He could have been. But I think it's got to be a, a mentality, a personality thing. He's he's the most skilled offensive player on that list, in my opinion. He's very, very good. Yeah, I'd say him or Embiid or Booker. They're all offensively, I mean. Like, for sure, uh, for sure. Booker. And, I mean, it's, it, you know, you're splitting hairs at that point. Yeah. But just... Call Anthony Towns' proficiency from the three-point line. It just is a nightmare to guard. Yeah, he's forty-one. You can't, you can't do anything. Yeah. Okay, come, come and come and get me. Okay, I'm gonna go to the basket around you. Okay, sink down. I'm gonna hit over forty percent of my three-point shots, flat-footed in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flat-footed is right. For real, <laughs> they're very flat-footed. Yeah, and they've never. Ha- I mean, the best player he's ever played with is Jimmy Butler, and he was there for one season. And since then. I mean, who's the best player he's played with? D'Angelo Russell? Yeah. And there's varying we'll opinions on, on that person. Yes. You know? <laughs> very, very, very <laughs> varying. You know, Towns is only 24. Yeah, he, he could. I think he's a guy, truthfully, and it's not going to happen, but he's a guy I think would benefit from being somewhere other than Minnesota. Uh, I agree with that. Man, yeah. there's a YouTube video out there about how Minnesota, like their draft history in the mid to late 2000s, mm-hmm. 
go give yourself a look at that one with the amount of draft picks oh, that they wasted. Dude, it's, it's oh my god, embarrassing. I feel embarrassed for them. Yeah, I think it's. I think one. I don't. I would not do this. I would not spend draft capital to get one of these guys because I just. No, you have to do it. If I, if I was given the choice, I would not do it. But then, if I had to choose somebody, I think I would choose Devin Booker. I'm with yeah. you, Tayshon. I think that he like, can just flat out score. He can run the pick and roll. Uh, he's a guy that if you pair him with Shea, I mean, they both are interchangeable at the one and the two spots. And I just think that you just destroy people. And again, I'm and I'm also identify with what Jay's saying is that you can go find a center. You know, you can play Steven with them, and if you don't have Steven, you can. You know, re-sign Nerlens Noel to a three-year, thirty million dollar contract. Nerlens will be super duper happy, and he'll he'll be just fine with those guys. And then you go find a wing to play with them, and you know you'll you'll be set. Those guys are are really really good, and I think Booker, and Booker's still very young too, twenty-three. And that's a guy that could be you know by the time he's twenty-eight years old, one of the best players in the NBA. I mean, he's already one of the best scorers in the NBA. And you look at his assists. I mean, he's been averaging over six assists since last year. He's great. And 26 points. I mean, he's like, he came in and there was not much of an adjustment for him to play well in this league, you know? He was just immediately scoring. Yeah. And if, I mean, if he were on a a legitimate team. Yeah. I mean, it would be all over. Yeah, he'd be sick. I mean, he could be like he could have the reputation of Clay Thompson, probably better than Clay Thompson. Yeah, I think he's he the potential is there. Not a better shooter, actually. I mean, Clay's like such a better shooter, but De- Devin Booker has an all-around game too. I know he came into the league kind of a three-point shooter, but he's really shown to be. I mean, he only takes five and a half threes out of his twenty shots a game. He's the number one guy. Like he is. He is a full. He is a full game. He's a number it's one. He's just playing in Phoenix, man. It's a dumpster fire. I know. It's bad. It sucks. Uh, Angelo wants to know the best quarantine snack to have on hand oh at my all times. Gosh, time. chips and freaking dips. Chips whatever, and, uh, whatever kind of chips and dips, dude. What dips are you doing? I'm doing ruffles and a ranch dip. I did chips and salsa. Yeah, that's all I want, man. And cereal. All I want is cereal and chips and dips. What kind of cereal are you into? So we, we try to limit, but we do frosted mini wheats a lot around Ooh, here, which yeah, is pretty good. Too. Hey, I'll tell you what else, though. I haven't mentioned this to you guys. Hmm. So about five months ago, four or five months ago, we made a decision as a family that it's embarrassing that we don't have a waffle maker in our, a waffle maker in our home. Mm-hmm. We don't have a waffle maker. We never had one. So we finally <laughs> ordered one on Amazon, got it in. You making pancakes or what are you doing? Dude, we've been making, yeah, just pancakes. Just make pancakes. pancakes when I do it. But now pancakes I'm good. freaking the waffle king bro yeah and so i make like you know one of those batches makes like eight mm-hmm. we can't eat eight in one sitting and so i've been that's just a lot of waffling i take them and save them and then i to- throw them in the toaster bro <laughs> waffles for the win it is solidified as my preferred breakfast pastry without a question wow wow over Pancakes. a chocolate croissant oh yeah what croissant it's pancakes and waffles, man. That's it. Nothing else comes close. Those two are top. One and two. Waffles, number one. Pancakes, number two. Wow. Ooh. I like pancakes. Luke? Um, 
I, you know, I'm a real big fan of, uh, there's like a trail mix that is at Walmart that has, um, your, in like a 25 pound bag. No, it's like a big, it's like a, it's like a, it's not a bag. It's like a plastic container. And I don't know. Trail mix might be wrong, but, but it has like, um, you know, the M&Ms, it's got the like little caramel, uh, pieces, little chocolate pieces, peanuts. It's trail mix. Is, <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? It's great. And raisins. I, raisins? Does it have raisins? <laughs> it has raisins as well. Raisins? I just wasn't 100% certain on the trail mix uh, word, but um, it is good because you can just grab and go. Grab and go. And uh, I've been grabbing and I've been going. It's really good. <laughs> hey, will you post a picture of this, whatever this is, if you have it at your house, please? I, I would, except it's empty at all, and I think I threw it away. I need to go back. And you said it's in a can? Uh, no, it's in like a canister. Like it's a plastic yeah. jug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got plastic you. plastic jug of, okay. of trail mix. <laughs> a jug. You just pour it into your mouth. Andrew, what are you snacking Have on, I, man? Yes. <laughs> uh, I've been doing lots of Cheez-Its lately, which are Cheez-Its. very, very good. Jay, stop. You are just... Jay, what are you talking about? I didn't know you didn't like Cheez-Its. I don't like How it. do you not like you're, Cheez-Its? You're... I don't like Cheez-Its or Goldfish. Are you a cheese nips, man? I'm a cheese none of those things that barely taste like anything. Oh, You're a D's nuts, man. (laughs) You are a D's nuts, man. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm also... (laughs) Andrew jumped in, man. I am. I'll take it. I deserve it. It's on me. Cheez-Its are good. Cheez-Its are so much better than... Goldfish. Don't even compare the two. That's not even. That's not they're the fair. same thing. No, they are not. So that right. is not. No, they're fair. literally it's... goldfish. Goldfish is a cheese it that is no. crushed into a fish pattern. You have lost your mind, Jay. <laughs> mute you... him. <laughs> Jay, mute so... yourself. If I could mute okay, you. Gotcha. Hold up. Without muting everybody else, I would. Uh, I'm also into cereal, of course, and I'm trying to limit myself to. Uh, I don't want to eat more than Three two bowls, bowls a day. day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am. I'm trying not to uh, develop a weight problem during the quarantine. You know how you do that, though? You just get like one really big one. I know, just a giant bowl. I'm I'm really gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to get some willpower to not have a bowl after we end this podcast while I edit. Um, I think I'm gonna get myself a bowl. I know. I've got frosted mini wheats. Uh, they're they're ready to go right now. I've got some cinnamon toast crunch and they're ready to go. Man, um, you give you give smoking a bowl a new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> late night late night bowl smoking uh we've also been doing He's a lot of smoking a bowl of cereal dude <laughs> we've been doing a lot of baking and a lot of a lot of cooking in the house which has been really fun hey so andrew let me ask you this question mm-hmm. have you ever in your life done as many dishes as you have during this quarantine oh it's dude run the dishwasher <laughs> twice a day we're doing we're, de- we're doing yeah exactly like, not there's joking. a load of dishes not joking day. at all yeah yeah, doing tons of dishes, but it's it's been fun. Like one of my my middle son is super into baking and into cooking, and so we made uh, cinnamon rolls from scratch the other day. We made maple cinnamon rolls, which were so freaking Ooh. good. Um, Bring them on over to Jay's house. I know, man. They were so good. Uh, what Dude, else? Oh, we did biscuits guy? and we did biscuits and gravy from scratch this morning. Wow! Which oh was my God. biscuits and sausage gravy. This my wife uh, my made it with with my middle son Archie, and it was so good. It was so great. 
dude, you hey, got a little Luke, man, uh, Guy Fieri in the family. Thing, man. Just go yeah. ahead and mute it, Luke. That'd be great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Luke, you me? Yes. Yeah. You, Why? You, are you squirting whipped cream in your mouth right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm making a bowl of chicken noodle soup. You guys got me What hungry. are you? Chicken noodle soup, 10 p.m. <laughs> you squirting cheese whiz on those crackers, bro? This is prime bro? time cereal time, man. This, this is prime cereal know. time. Yeah. I don't know if I ever had dinner. <laughs> I think wow. I just snacked around. Wow. <laughs> so now I have to make something, you know? Taylor, Guys, what are you, what what are you snacking up? I'm just telling, I'm having some chicken noodle soup. Uh, my, my. What was the squirting can, sound? That was me filling the can up with water, putting the water in the chicken noodle soup. Oh, I thought you were squirting some cheese whiz on there. Ooh, oh, cheese whiz and chicken and a biscuit. You ever had those? <laughs> no, so, so oh. I'm doing that. But Cheez-Its but are I disgusting. Flavor but I... explosion, bro. But guys, Flavor. I'm eating it all. It does not matter what time it is. I'm just eating and my beer consumption is way up. It's bad, man. <laughs> bottle of wine. A personal bottle of wine. A big you know. bottle of wine. <laughs> That's how it goes. Just how it goes. Hey, man. We're like supporting local restaurants by buying all their alcohol. That's right. And you know what <laughs> I think? You know how like local Mexican restaurants are now you can deli- they'll deliver like margaritas and stuff? Yeah. There's no way that Oklahomans are going to be like, oh, yeah, no, we don't want that now. That was nice for <laughs> no, 14, but now, now let's not be able to do that. Yeah, like, there's no pulling that back. No. We were letting that cat that. out of the bag. That's just happening now. Also, yeah. toilet paper delivery is just going to keep happening. It, so, see, I mean, it's just delivery is the the. This was the final nail in the coffin of going out and getting your stuff. Like, we shipped. Like, we don't go to the grocery store anymore. They deliver to our house in gloves. Like, it's wild, man. That's forty nine bucks for the year. Plus, and you just pay for your groceries and tip the people when they show up. It's amazing. That's, That's crazy. That is awesome. Taylor, what are you snacking on, man? Did you already say that? Uh, no, I've been eating. Let's see. We've also been <laughs> cooking a lot. I like to cook. I've been eating these. Uh, Eggo have these uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Not Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, God, what's it called? What's it called? Uh, <laughs> French, uh, French Toast. French Toast. Yeah. Eggos. Like the sticks? <laughs> no, no, no. They're like French four, Toast Waffles? They're four little... French toast waffles that make one big French toast ego. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so I smoke a bowl of cereal and then I eat some French toast ego. <laughs> oh. Chug whiskey and eat French toast Eggos every night, every single night, watching All American. 